Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state. And the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble out on the promenade. The gambling commission singing on by the skin of its teeth. Well, now everything dies, baby, that's a fact. But maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on and fix your hair up pretty. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism. We have a treat for you today. Singer-songwriter Kevin Hyder is in the studio, and we're talking about the boss, Bruce Springsteen himself. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, where we take a look at art from pop culture and uncover the true, good, and beautiful elements found therein. Let's get started. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism on Awaken Catholic. If you want to support this show and other shows like it, you can go to awakencatholic.org and make a one-time donation or a monthly recurring donation, which will make you a part of the Awaken Nation. And that is so important. It is essential to us having shows like this. If you like this show and other shows like it, you want to see the keep being produced, then... Uh, Please do that. You can also download the Awaken app by going to theawakenapp.io. It is not available through the App Store. You have to get it through that special link, and uh, you get access to easy access to all the shows. And also, you can talk and chat with uh, all the people who are making Awaken stuff, like me, whose microphone keeps falling over and I keep having to catch it. Um, you can talk to the Awaken hosts, and you can you know make suggestions on episodes that we're going to do, and all those sorts of things. Um, and also, if you are part of that Awaken Nation by making a monthly donation, then you get access to premium content on the app, talks by me and other Awaken hosts and other presenters. So um, those are all awesome perks that you get. Another way that you can support us and also help your prayer life is by downloading the Hallow app by going to hallow.app slash awaken. If you're looking for a way to get in touch with God and just go deeper in your prayer life, if you have a hard time working prayer into your life, like I know so many of us do, um, Hallow is such an awesome way to do that. It's transforming prayer lives all over the world. My wife uses it every day. I, I, I love to do the examine, which is one of the options. Um, it's very customizable and you can get a free month of the premium version by going to this link, hallow.app slash hallow.app slash awaken. And it also helps out, um, awakencatholic.org. So those are all ways you can, you can help us out. You can also like subscribe, hit that bell on YouTube, give us a rating on your podcast app, write a review, um, send it to a friend who, you know, loves Bruce Springsteen, or you just think would be interested in this episode. All of those things help us out and make this possible. So thank you. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, even though we just started this a few months ago. So thank you. Um, Kevin Hyder, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's I'm, good to be here. I'm so glad you're here. As soon as I started um, this show, I knew I wanted to have you on. You are you run a, a podcast called Song and Story, yeah. where it talks to singer-songwriters, indie artists about their craft. And it's, it's just so well put together. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, I, I'm very picky with the podcast I actually hit subscribe to, and yours is one of the ones I always subscribe oh, to. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and and you're just so good at it. And um, much of how what I do on this show, I think is, I don't know 
if you can notice that, but I feel like I'm very much influenced by the style and just the spirit you bring to you, to your cool. podcast hosting. So thank you for, for being a mentor, a model for how I, uh, um, for how I, I host. So thank you. And, uh, tell us, tell us about yourself, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I'm a singer songwriter from Dayton, Ohio, married, got, uh, four, four kids, mm-hmm. four kids. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I write about anything and everything in my music. And so, uh, I, the, the best way I've come to articulate it is I write hymns, drinking songs and everything in between. Uh, you so. have a, you have a great song about, uh, St. Bridget's Lake of beer vision. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh-huh. was super yeah. cool. Love that one. Uh, <laughs> glad, glad yeah, like so, it. and we, we met probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more when you were living in the DC area. Uh-huh. Um, and we were doing a Catholic underground event together. Yeah. Um, my band was kind of the house band and you were the featured artist. And I think at that point you, you were recently out of college and working as a youth minister in Northern Virginia yeah. and kind of your big claim to fame at that point was you had written a, a parody of, I love it when you call me big papa by an notorious DIG, oh, but, but it was about the Pope coming out. It was, I love it when you say Habemus Popham and yeah. you did a great, a great imitation. <laughs> I like of, it when you say Habemus Pop. Yeah, really. And I, I, I just remember being like, wow, he can do Biggie pretty well. And that was my first impression of That's you. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was something. That night was actually the first time I ever did that live. Uh-huh. Uh, and I didn't know if I would remember mm-hmm. all the words, but I, yeah. I, well, yeah, I remember so, it being a pretty epic. And then you got out your guitar so funny, and yeah. crucifix in the mix with Benedict one six. <laughs> <laughs> so Is that cheesy. still on YouTube so somewhere? Uh, I think it actually got flagged for, oh, copy, for copyright. Too bad. Because the music, I, I don't know where I found it, but it was just, it was the beat. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So like, but I, I, I kept the lyrics, honestly, uh, to the original are probably about 85% the same, mm-hmm. you know, because even... He says something, one of the lines is like, there's enough crack in the back to feed the needy, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I use the um, loaves and fishes, like uh, five loaves and two fishes sounds delicious. Why not? Don't think I can multiply it. I'm the son of God. Now, <laughs> to the one called Simon, Jesus said, believe me, Petey, we'll have enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. We got a mad friend in Benny, wears clothes by the layers, says true humble prayers. Oh, I could just start from the beginning. I love that Shoot. you remember this much this of it. mobile has got holy wheels because he holy rolls with the Trinity. He's the sweet 16th. Yeah. We could stop the episode right here. And I would be <laughs> so happy with what has happened uh, already. So funny. Man, um, I, I also did a rap parody once uh, based off of Hamilton's The Ten Dual Commandments. I did one with my friend Friar Matt Foley where we did the Ten Real Commandments. Uh-huh. And we just kind of, I was a kid going to confession and uh, he was the priest that we went through the Ten Commandments. And anyway, is so. Um, that's funny. I but I don't think I could, I could rap at all. That's, that's impressive. I can't believe you so. remember that. Yeah. Well, that was, I wasn't I can't believe my, you remember it. <laughs> you remember the word. I just did. I don't remember the verse two, but uh-huh. yeah, the first well, verse is anyway, statement. I'm sorry. That's, that's not still so on YouTube. Funny. So anyway, and I've just, I've just kind of, I, I saw a few of your house concerts back then. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, um, I think today's the first time I've actually seen you in real life in like 10 years, but it's, uh, yeah. I, I've been watching your uh, career and, and we've, and we've corresponded some just about the different things that we care about. And, um, over the years. And, uh, I think it's really how we know each other. Yeah. It was like purely acquaintance uh-huh. level in DC. I yeah. don't ever uh-huh. remember talking to you in person yeah. until I don't know right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't I think, know. you know, yeah. I've listened to your podcast a bunch, so I feel like I know you, yeah. but <laughs> and likewise, and I've read tons of like, I love your articles and your oh, posts. Like you're, you. you're a rare voice of reason. Thank you. The hellish wilderness that is social oh, media. Right. So. <laughs> I feel like I want to put that on my testimonials on my uh, webpage. Feel free. Rare voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So glad, glad to have you here. And, um, so today we're talking about Bruce Springsteen. Um, and I want, I knew when we talked about Springsteen, I wanted to have you as my Springsteen person, because just about a year ago, you put out an album of Springsteen covers yeah. and you called it Ohio because mm-hmm. you're from Ohio, but it's based off of his album, Nebraska. Ex- ex- explain this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, he released an album. He, he was at the point where he was selling out arenas and stadiums. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like he was, uh, he was rock and roll. Um, and then out of nowhere, it was honestly a surprise even to him. Mm-hmm. He just recorded a bunch of, uh, straight folk songs in his bedroom and he recorded them in his bedroom in his kitchen in New Jersey. And with the intention of recording them all with his band. These, were just, every, these were just the demos. Yeah. yeah. These were just de- acoustic <clears throat> demos. But every time they got together with the band, he just didn't like the way they sounded. They were, there was too much. They were too, too clean, too bright, too produced. And so eventually he just kind of had this, was carrying around this cassette tape of demos in his pocket and just said, well, I think this just needs to be the album. This is the album. So they found a way uh, at the time to get the recordings. They were recorded straight to cassette tape. Wow. So they managed to get those into a format. They could master them and then get them on, on vinyl. But, um, so it, you know, essentially what it is, is, is this artist who was huge and, and only getting bigger when born to run had come out seven years prior to this, you know, he was on the cover of time and newsweek mm-hmm. the same week, which is very rare. Wow. That happens for anybody. And so anyway, and now here he is totally stripping it back and going mm-hmm. straight folk. Um, this album, it's, it's the equivalent of like, if you were just sitting in his bedroom mm-hmm. while he was like writing songs that mm-hmm. nobody else had ever heard playing them alone. Like mm-hmm. this is what it would sound like. Interesting. And so it was, it made a lot of like his fans loved it because mm-hmm. it was super intimate for that reason. And it made a lot of non Springsteen fans mm. give him a chance mm. because it was, it was the kind of classic Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel and Pete Seeger that they liked. You know what it makes me think of is, um, you know, like Taylor Swift on the deluxe version of her album, she'll in- include the voice notes the voice, from her phone. Yeah, right. But it's almost, it would be like if Taylor Swift took the voice notes from her phone and that was the album. You never got the fully produced version of yeah, Shake right. It Off. You just got <laughs> the voice notes version. Yeah, so. which honestly, I think her fans would eat that yeah, up. They would. Um, so so you're, you're, you wanted to do the same sort of thing, right? Yeah, kind of. I, I'm a big fan of his. And so I took... Um, I basically wanted to uh, record a solo tribute album in the style of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So only one of the songs on the album is actually from Nebraska, mm-hmm. but it's 10 different songs from nine different Springsteen albums. Yeah. And so his was called Nebraska. The first track was Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Ohio. And the first song uh, on my album was a cover of his song, Youngstown. Mm which is in Ohio. And the first line is here in Northeast Ohio back in 1803. So Uh it just, it made sense to me for a variety of layered reasons. And I I, I love some of your, your versions on there. Um, uh, dancing in the dark is a really, really cool version on there. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. So if you're a Springsteen fan, you I'll put in the show notes, but his, his album Ohio is, is really cool. And you just put out an album of your own music too. Yeah, and EP. October. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure the difference between album and EP, but uh Well records were called LPs, uh-huh. which is long play. Okay. And then EP is extended play. Okay. So it's basically like a half album. Okay. All right. Usually it's between a single and a, and a okay. full album. Well it's good. I've listened to Thank it you. and I really like tell us tell us about that EP. I'm glad it plays like an album. That's mm-hmm. that's the idea. Yeah. 
what what do you say? Uh, just tell, tell us me, it. tell us about that EP. Yeah, um, it's called Make an Honest Stand, and the songs span maybe six years. Twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen is, mm-hmm. is the oldest one on there, but uh, two two of them I wrote honestly this summer mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of everything protests mm-hmm. riots um mm-hmm. pandemic quarantining mm-hmm. uh, the, the de- disillusion of the discourse amidst yeah. another mm-hmm. election yeah um so they're all songs that um speak to now mm-hmm. so if you feel like if you kind of feel like a va- a vagabond in this weird political uh climate mm-hmm. um my hope is that you'll find a little bit of clarity or solace in it, mm-hmm. or even at least feel like, Oh, I'm not alone. Somebody yeah. else gets the chaos or I, I feel like that's how it's been received just from how I've seen people react for to sure. it. And that's, that's how I feel when I listen to it. I, uh, I love that song. Don't let the flag touch the ground and, um, make an honest stand is that's the title track. The title track. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. I both like those songs are really good. So, um, yeah, it's excellent. Listen, listen, listen to that. Cool. Um, so we're talking about Bruce Springsteen today. Let's throw his picture up there. There's the boss in the beginning of his career <laughs> and at the, on top and the end of his career. I intentionally wore like a white t-shirt. I, my my, my ex- exposure to Bruce Springsteen was my dad had born in the USA on cassette. Yeah. I think we listened to it in the car and it's got him standing in his jeans with his back to the camera and his red baseball cap in the back of his pocket and just born in the USA and um, dance in the dark and um uh, I'm on fire. Like that was something we listened to on road trips. So I, mm-hmm. I, I know that album and Bruce never really grabbed me. I wouldn't say I'm like a Springsteen fan, but I have great respect for him just cause like a lot of the musicians I know you, you included just love him and just have such great respect for him as a songwriter and look to him as an influence. And so I, I know I wanted to do Springsteen at some point cause he's still relevant. He just put out an album in October. Yeah. Um, and I just listened to an interview him from the broken record podcast. I'll put all that in the show notes, but, um, he's still got it, you know, he's still got it. So a little bit about Bruce, if you don't know who he is, um, He's released 20 studio albums, 72 singles, eight EPs, 23 live albums. <laughs> um, he's done a soundtrack, done 61 music videos. Um, he's the seventh highest selling male artist overall behind Garth Brooks, Elvis Presley, Billy Joel, Michael Jackson, Elton John, and George Strait. So those, so he's, he's up there with like the best of all time. Um, his first album was Greetings from Asbury Park in 1973, and his latest album is Letter to You, released in October 2020. Um, Kevin, how'd you get into Bruce? Uh, so I, I'll say same situation as you Mm -hmm. like uh and and if you there's i did a bonus episode for my podcast which is called song of story Mm -hmm. um when when i released this album that kind of basically in a really artful way uh kind of talks about my journey into springsteen Mm -hmm. fandom and like why i wanted to record a a tribute Mm -hmm. album um same thing like i i remember my dad blasting the born in the usa Mm -hmm. album um, but it's also where our home videos start. So like I include audio from our old home videos on VHS I to the yeah, into the podcast and you can hear it in the background. It's like 10 minutes in, my dad had like probably 20, you know, VHS tapes, like full size VHS tapes. And on the very first one, before you're even 10 minutes in, you can hear born in the USA in the background. Wow. And then all the lights go off. And it's just my sister and I dancing in the dark around the, the Christmas tree. Literally dancing, two dancing in, the in the dark. Yeah. Wow. So 
it was always very nostalgic. And then at a certain point after college, um, I'd moved away from home living in DC. Um, I had actually cut time with my family short so I could go record uh, my first studio album, which was called the Salzburg revolution. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like coming out of that, um, week, it was kind of a whirlwind. I, I missed my family and, um, I was just feeling very nostalgic and we had probably watched some of the home videos. And so I just kind of went and, and uh, logged onto iTunes and I bought, um, born in the USA and the ghost of Tom Joad. Like I just mm -hmm. bought that one because that was a nostalgic one and yeah. I wanted to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And man, it just hit me. Like I, for the first time just started thinking about the lyrics and like noticing the characters and the stories and the longing and how particular it was like on the surface, it's a rock and roll album, mm -hmm. but man, just songs about life and relationships and connection and moving away and, um, in needing other people and like feeling desperate. Yeah. Like all of that is, is in there. I and love, I love how you said it. it's like this trifecta, the characters, the story, mm -hmm. the longing. Yeah. That's Wow. Like that's the human experience, right? Yeah. Everybody's you know? got a hungry heart. Everybody's got a hungry heart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, and I've, I've been listening to him more in, in preparation for this episode and he's, he's such a powerful storyteller. There's a, there's a strong, you know, in, in writing class, when you're taking a creative writing class, they talk, they tell you to, um, whether you're doing poetry or songwriting or short stories or, or theater, you have to create a sense of place. Right. Like you have to help the person who is consuming your art or, or viewing your art to feel like they're there with you. And he makes you feel like you're in New Jersey, like you're yeah. working at the factory. You just came back from Vietnam and you're still mourning your friend's death or something like that. Like there's, there's so many of those details where you can, you can, there's such good imagery. There's people's names. It's very specific. Um, but yet it's universal specific at universal. Yeah. And, and that was something that, uh, hit me fairly early on is once I started diving into the rest of his canon, cause that was 84 mm. when that album came out and, uh, his first two, he released two albums in 1973. Um, and so I, I don't remember what number it was at the time, but in any case, like as I, I then went back to the beginning and just started working my way uh, up to the present, mm -hmm. 2010. And, you know, like I, it was not my experience at all in high school to sit on the hood of a Dodge drinking warm beer mm -hmm. in the soft summer rain. Yeah. Like, didn't do that. It was so mm -hmm. far from my high school yeah, experience. But when I listened to his songs, I felt like I remembered yeah. those experiences. Wow. And like, that is a good that is a story well told mm -hmm. when it makes you feel like you remember an experience that you've never had well, or, or the feeling and, of it. And isn't yeah. that what art does, right? It gives yeah. you a window. It gives you empathy into another person's story. Yeah. And that, that's why art has so much powerful to transform and bring people together. And um, like I have, I have a friend who his, he's a teacher, but his summer job is he's a bouncer at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia <laughs> and he works security. I shouldn't say he's a, he's a bouncer, but, um, so he gets to see all these bands and there was like, there was like a, a death metal festival that came through, you know? And so they're singing all these songs about death, dying, <laughs> self-loathing. And then, but in between songs, it's like, we love you guys. We love just coming together. You know, like even when you're singing about those awful things, like the music is still about bringing people together. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's what Bruce does so well. Um, so one of my favorite modern pop songwriters is Jack Antonoff from the band fun in the bleachers. And he's produced okay. for Lord and, and, uh, Taylor Swift and, um, it, 
co-written with Sarah Bareilles and everybody under the sun. I think he just did on Del Rey's newest album. But anyway, he's from New Jersey, and I've heard him talk about songwriting. He's like Bruce. I once heard Bruce Springsteen say that your 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 lyrics should be um, blues in the verse and gospel in the gospel chorus. chorus. You've yeah. heard that before, so it's like. Uh, I feel like I heard it because I read your notes. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So like blues is very specific. Like I lost my dog and my home in my blue jeans, like Kevin has. And like, and then, but then the gospel, it's gotta be something everybody can sing. Mm -hmm. And, and he even, even when he just has a one line chorus, which he does a lot, you know, he's born to run. It's all these specific things about me and Wendy and all these things that are going on. But then the line tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. It's Mm -hmm. we all of a sudden it's something everybody can yell in the stadium at 30,000 people at the top of their lungs. And so that's something I remember when I'm, when I'm doing songwriting is blues in the chorus. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it helps. Yeah. Yeah. Gospel in the, in the gospel in the chorus, blues in the verse. So, Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I also love uh, the nostalgia you mentioned, the storytelling, and and even just musically, something I noticed, and it reminds me of Coldplay. I'm sure I'm sure Coldplay got it from him, or it's a similar thing. But uh, a lot of times, there's like a melodic thing in the background, um, like in Secret Garden, the ba da da ba da da ba da. It stays the same over top of over the chord changes, yeah. And you, the same thing in like Glory Days. There's kind of a similar thing. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So many of the songs have. The riff, Similar, the hook. A, a riff, a hook yeah. over top, um, bum, 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 dancing in the dark. Mm-hmm. It's the, in the melody, but it's also in the organ and it's behind everything. So there's kind of this thing that, that goes throughout. And, uh, anyway, it's very much like Coldplay does that a lot. Too, yeah. So. Uh, well, I, Coldplay probably took most of that from you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that's what, uh, what's the, with, or without you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bum, bucka, bum, bucka, bum. Yeah, that's yeah, throughout yeah. the entire song. song yeah. I don't even know if it ever stops, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it just like. It's what, as soon as it starts, you know, you're in that song yeah. and it feels good to mm-hmm. be back in that song. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, what is it about New Jersey that like, I don't know if it's like a, it's a, like a, a little brother in like middle child insecurity feeling cause it's in New York, but it's like artists from New Jersey. I feel like Bon Jovi is the same way. And Jack Antonoff and, and Springsteen. It's like and Billy, Billy I, Joel, Billy Joel. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I got to get out of here, but there's also like, I love it. You know, it's like my home and I love it, but I got to get out of this dump. You know, <laughs> it's kind of this love hate relationship with New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't answer that because I'm not from, I'm there, not from New Jersey anyway. But. Like yeah. just being from Dayton, uh-huh. Ohio, mm-hmm. um, you know, there isn't really, a New York city mm-hmm. right across the river. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like uh-huh. it's not like there's this exotic concrete jungle. That's a melting pot of yeah. a place. You know, mm-hmm. it, it seems like we're, we're the way he talks about it, where Bruce is from in New Jersey, everything was Italian, mm-hmm. you know, Irish and Italian, New Jerseyites. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the, maybe a more unified or cohesive culture there. Whereas mm-hmm. in New York city, you get there and it's, Everything. It's everything. Yeah. And so, uh, and it's just, it's opportunity and dreams and wonder. And I mean, they call it the big apple. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's big. Every, it's huge. Well, but like. it's because of the temptation. Mm. It's like, that's because it's oh, the diverse. That's why they call it. It's like the diversity of temptation, like the, the forbidden fruit of, or I guess the knowledge of everything that you won't necessarily have access to at home. Wow. Like I never thought about it's, that. It's all before. right there. That's cool. Um, so it's interesting you talk about his Irish and Italian side because he was raised Catholic. Yeah. I think now he's kind of agnostic, spiritual, who knows what. Um, but I, I heard him saying that that interview from Broken Record where he says, like, my, my, my solo project is kind of like when I do solo records, it's kind of like my Irish side. And then when I do the stuff with the band, it's kind of like my Italian side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. side. Um, 
So anyway, also the other, the other New Jersey artist that I think of is Lauren Hill in every ghetto, every city. Do you know oh, that song? No, um, I didn't know she was from New Jersey. Yeah. She's from New Jersey. Okay. And so it's kind of, again, this kind of like, and you know, every place I go makes me recall my days and, you know, in growing up in New Jersey. But again, there's kind of this pride, but also kind of this, I got to get out of this. Dump. <laughs> well, so I'm actually, I'm working on a review, like writing a review for his uh, new album, but I'm writing it as a short story. Interesting. That's going to like, if people who are, who are as familiar with his entire canon as I am, mm -hmm. like they'll get it. It's uh -huh. like probably... 25% of it is going to be just verbatim, like lyrics? picking out, yeah, uh -huh. that's cool. lyrics from his work over the years. But it's mm -hmm. like something that I, that I, um, have been thinking of. like, he's from Freehold, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And given that, like, uh, you know, the Born in the USA album ends with this song called My Hometown. Mm -hmm. And that was the one I chose to end my Great song. Yeah, it's beautiful. That was the one I chose to end, um, my tribute album with but it opens with a, a little audio clip of my daughter, you know, saying like, uh, or I, I, I say, I love you. And she says, I love you too, Dada. And then it kicks <laughs> into the, to the song and, and it, you know, in it at the, towards the end, he sings, um, I'm 35. We got a boy of our own now. Like mm -hmm. I was 35 when I recorded my cover wow. of it and my hometown had, that summer, right before I recorded in May Memorial day, we were like 13 tornadoes at once touched down in the Dayton area oh my gosh. and destroyed our house was fine. We, we lost, couldn't, Really use our water for a couple of days, but uh -huh. it just destroyed a lot of stuff. Wow. So in like, there's a bridge in the bridge to the song. I recorded the harmonica, like a single note that comes in and out. So it like mm -hmm. sounds like a tornado siren. Oh my gosh. As he's singing about like shops closing and factories, like, like leaving town. So anyway, there's just like a lot, like his music does that. It's, it's all feels very personal to him and the characters he's writing about. Mm -hmm. And you really take it on and like use it as a, as a mirror to your, own life. I don't remember why I started saying that. I don't know. Where was I? Stuff, where was I going with that? I, I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure. oh. <clears throat> uh, no, I don't remember. It's all right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, there's there's lots of good stuff here. Oh, okay. Something that I wanted to say uh, that he said in that broken record interview also is when they asked him about being Catholic, and he said, "What I learned from that." is this great fear of spiritual darkness, mm, but also yeah. this ability to work towards spiritual light, like yeah. his hope, this deep hope. And uh, so he's, he's still got kind of a, a, a core sense of the gospel there, even though he's maybe, you know, abandoned it in some other ways, but you definitely see that in his, in his writing. Um, are, are you ready to dive into some songs specifically? And we'll talk about some themes. Yeah, we can do that. But I remembered what I was going to say, and I feel do like it. it fits perfectly with that. Okay. So all this, this idea about uh, home, and my hometown. And he writes about that a lot and being raised Catholic and how these, these themes and the core tenets have never left them. I've never, never left him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, his hometown is called freehold, mm -hmm. which if you break down that name, that's like a juxtaposition to yeah, be like free, to be free of something while holding on to huh. it. Like that's the, you know, like to be free of, of, um, the negative effects of suffering while embracing the cross, so to speak, wow. like to be, to, to want to, to want to get out of here to, to baby, we gotta, we gotta shake the dust of this crummy little town off mm -hmm. our feet. Like to quote George Bailey, cause we were born to run, yeah. you know, to, to go to the darkness on the edge of town and then to go beyond it, to enter the unknown and experience something else. Like there's that, it's like to leave home, to be free of it while also holding on to it. <laughs> like, I feel like that. That's I'm so anyway, I'm like kind of going to try and tie all this in when I write the review of his new record. I'm looking forward to it. But I feel like it plays in really well with, with that 
theme from the podcast. Cool. Well, let's yeah. talk about Born to Run. Let's, we have the, the lyrics here. So, um, again, you see a great example of blues in the verse, yeah. uh, gospel in the chorus here. It talks about, um, we sweat it out on the streets of a runaway American dream. We ride through the mansions of glory and suicide madness. <laughs> Highway 9, again, very inspected. Chrome-wheeled, fuel-injected, stepping out over the line. This town rips the bones from your back. It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. We got to get out because we're young, because tramps like us, baby, we're born to run. Um, he's talking about Wendy. Do you know who Wendy is? Uh, is, is I, a girl? I do not know who okay. Wendy is. I'm not sure who Wendy is. Um, it's his Maria. If we're talking about Counting could Crows. Be, yeah. Be, yeah. Counting Crows always talks about Maria. Piece of Maria in every song that I sing. Um, I want to guard your dreams and visions. Just wrap your legs around those velvet rims and strap your hands across my engine. Oh. Little sexy, <laughs> sexy. Hey, this, something, I, something that struck me as we're reading through a lot of his lyrics is I was, I, I kind of think of him as like old man music because that's what my dad listened to. But I was like, oh, there's a lot of sex in these lyrics. But I was like, I guess he was kind of like the hot thing in the early 80s. Yeah. He was a sex symbol, I mean, it's, of course. It's so. the, yeah. Uh, it's at least it's more poetic than yeah. uh -huh. the some of the crap that like Nickelback, you know, put out. <laughs> <laughs> look at this photograph kevin yeah. um so uh yeah. together we could break this trap we run till we drop baby we'll never go back so what do you what does that mean to be born to run what is he trying to say here what do you think well I, tramps like us why is he calling themselves tramps like oh i mean uh I, the image that that's always brought to my mind just because i grew up watching it was lady and the tramp mm -hmm. and I, who's the tramp like he's he's the he's the dog that lives on the street you mm -hmm. know like he doesn't have a home and i think mm -hmm. at this phase in his life that's kind of how bruce was feeling yeah you know this sense of urgency that i gotta i gotta get out of here mm -hmm. um now and like it's funny that i'm talking about lady and the tramp to mm -hmm. answer this question <laughs> but i feel like it i feel like it fits mm -hmm. because tramp is like he's the cool character like mm -hmm. he seems like he's the one Who's got it all together yeah but the reality is like like he's free but the reality mm -hmm. is like he wants a home yeah. you know like he wants a master he, he wants somebody to love him and to love yeah. him back uh -huh. and so like he feels like he's always got to be on the run and even mm -hmm. if he gets caught that's all right he'll yeah. he'll break out again and so i think like um i think it's that type of uh of idea that like we're just we're just tramps like living on the street and uh like we we weren't meant to have a home like we gotta we gotta get out of here it's this is it's a death trap well and it it makes me think of kind of what you were saying about freehold is there's something in the human heart that wants to be free mm -hmm. and to roam and to wander but there's also something in the human heart that wants to be secure and at home yeah and that's something i feel like almost everybody has to wrestle with at some point is you have this freedom but what is it for and i think as americans a lot of times we we use our freedoms as an end rather than as a means mm -hmm. and like the, what you're supposed to do with freedom is you're supposed to use it to commit. Like in a lot of times when I would be talking to my, my students about what the calling is in life and their vocation, I'd say where you guys are as high school students, your job is to be open. Your job is to be open to God's will. And there's a great freedom in that, but there's also insecurity in that. And you have endless possibilities where I am in my life as a married man with a career, with a job, with children, my job is to be faithful with what I've chosen to do with my freedom. With my freedom, I have chosen to commit myself to this woman and to these children. And now my job is to be faithful to that. And no, I don't have the same sort of freedom in that I can just drop and take off across the country like I used to be able to. But at the same, now I've found a home 
and I found a security and I've, I have given my freedom to something. And that's the purpose of freedom. Freedom is a means to an end to use it for the good. And I think a lot of times in America, we just care about freedom, 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 freedom. And we, we forget that it's for something. It's like money. You can have all the money in the world, but what are you going to do with it? Right. It's a yeah. means to an end. So um, I see like I, I see I feel like he's wrestling with that here. Yeah. Well, I feel like the last line, maybe you have the lyric there. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you walk with me out on the wire? Do you have that? Yep. lyric? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk in the sun. Yeah. Will, will you walk with me out on the wire? Because, baby, I'm just a scared and lonely writer and I got to know how it feels. I want to know if love is wild, babe. I want to know if love is real. It's like <sighs> it's that thing like I've I hear people even in growing up, you know, in, in the church, especially as a kid who like seemed like he was off put by a lot of it, um, mm-hmm. hear endless talk about love, love mm-hmm. your neighbor. Like, man, I've heard about this, but like, is it real? Like, it real? what does it actually mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I need to get out of here. I yeah. got to run away to, to find out, you know? Yeah. So I, I, the song, I've always taken it as having this, a very like youthful sense of urgency and adventure and restlessness that was all over his music uh from that area i mean he was 24 when he yeah. wrote that song mm-hmm. which makes me feel like i've accomplished nothing you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's there definitely i know as as a young man it's it, many young men that i f- speak to and i know it's been my experiences you want to get out and tackle the world you mm-hmm. want to do something adventurous and, and face the world and um I don't know. Sometimes that leads you in good directions. Other times it leads you in bad directions. Um, I would love to talk about this song secret garden. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not like classic Bruce. It's, it's off the sound. I think it's off the soundtrack to Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And I remember in the nineties, they had like a version on the radio that had the song with like mashed Uh up with lines from the movie. So like in between him, Bruce singing, it would be like, you complete me, you know, (laughs) which they did the same thing with the one from Titanic. Did they? Yeah. They had a version of the radio where you could hear lines from the movie. (sighs) These are, these are the things we miss by not having uh, as radio centric a a music culture anymore, but man, somebody, somebody will make an edit and put it on TikTok, I'm sure. And that's what'll happen now. Um, so I was, I'd, I'd heard the song a million times and I always thought it was kind of pretty and, now listening to it as an adult and, and I probably hadn't listened to this song in 15 years. Um, it's talk is she'll let you in her house. If you come knocking late at night, she'll let you in her mouth. If the words you say are right, if you pay the price, she'll let you deep inside, but there's a secret garden. She hides. She'll let you in her car to go driving around. She'll let you into parts of herself. That'll bring you down. She'll let you into her heart. If you've got a hammer and a vice, but into her secret garden, don't think twice. And again, it's that, um, that one line chorus, into the secret garden is yeah. just one line. Secret garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I see here, um, I feel like there's people I know who are like this, who physically will give themselves away, but emotionally they've cut themselves off. And they, they, they even though they're very physically intimate with people, they're, because of their woundedness, they've almost become numb to the emotional intimacy. And it's hard for them to, even though to the exterior world, you say they're, they're overly intimate interiorly, they've become, become numb to it. And there, there's the secret garden that you can't get into mm-hmm. because of damage, trauma, whatever it is. And I feel like, like I've, I've known people like that who have struggled with this. And uh, John Paul II in um, his book, Love and Responsibility, before he was the Pope, he talks about um, sometimes on the exterior, people will be very lustful, but there's this kind of, there can be kind of this cold heartedness that infects us because we've been hurt. 
And now we, 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 we run from real intimacy and a lot of times we'll even run from somebody who will care for us, um, because we've, we've been so hurt. Um, but that's not the mask we portray to the world. To the world, we portray this, this freewheeling, free love, uh, down for anything sort of um, caricature, this mask, but yet we're, we're, we're hiding in the secret garden. So anyway, that's kind of what I took for it. Do you have, do you have thoughts about this? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so I think like, I think to like, to, com- to take what you're saying and to complete the analogy of, of it being a garden, like I would say that's the dirt. Mm. But the point of the garden is like, it's, if it's not a garden, it's just a bunch of dirt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, what are you grow Like what's growing in the midst of that, mm. that like nobody else knows about. And yeah. I think what's, what is beautiful about, um, this song and it kind of like, it makes sense to be familiar with the film yeah. to, to take it in tandem. Um, is this girl, like she's guarded, you know what I'm saying? Like she's, there are parts of herself that she's, trying to protect in the line about the hammer and the vice like mm-hmm. you can try to break in but like d- the idea of like it being a secret it's like you can't know it mm-hmm. unless somebody asks you if you want like hey can i can i tell you something mm-hmm. can i share something with you like there's a difference between an intruder and a mm-hmm. guest and oh, i wow. think i think that's like in many ways what's going on here is like yes, I've, I've got all this, this dirt, I've got this trauma, I've got this things that no, that nobody else knows, but like, um, like here's what's else, here's what else is in there. Like these, these parts of me that I never let anyone mm-hmm. see, like not just the bad, but the good as well. Um, mm-hmm. like my deepest thoughts. And that's like, I, I, I want to know when he actually wrote this. Mm-hmm. Like if he wrote it for the film, mm-hmm. it wouldn't it surprise Cameron Crowe wrote it in Dragon. He's like a huge rock and roll guy. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he, Ask him to, but um, if you're you probably never listened to his Tunnel of Love album, Mm-mm. super cheesy cover, <laughs> super cheesy title, um, but it the album is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, it, and it's entirely, especially being a married man, I think you'll mm-hmm. get a lot out of it. it the whole thing is about um, relationships, like mm-hmm. the, specifically the the spousal connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually wrote it, I think, either right before or during he was going through. A, divorce mm. so uh like character there's a character on it who has on it the knuckles on each hand uh one one hand he's got tattooed the word fear mm-hmm. and the other he's got tattooed the word love wow and so that i think is like fits with this concept of a secret garden like all of that is in there and one like the fear kind of keeps you sometimes wow from love like the fear of letting somebody else in I- so uh, what I love about the image of the garden, and I think it's very biblical, like yeah. Song of Songs and the, you know, the, the foxes try to get into the garden, um, you know, but, and that's, it's this great epic love poem in the Bible between the, the bride and the bridegroom and the bridegroom represents God and the bride and the, and the, or the bride represents God's people, Israel, and the groom represents God and their great love and romance. And um, <clears throat> I love the image of a garden because Garmin, gardens need cultivation. Right. They take great care. And, and we're like that. We take great care. Like we're fragile. We can be damaged. But gardens, no matter how much they've been ransacked, they can always grow back. Mm-hmm. They can always be recultivated. And I feel like that's the human heart. And I've, and I've seen that in my own life and in, in, in my relationships where even when things seem like they're really damaged, even if, you know, talking to this song, even if this woman or this man has given themselves to a million people mm-hmm. in a million different ways and they've been ravaged and abused and used, there's always healing. 
And I feel like that is super Christian. The idea that this garden can still be cultivated. God, right. God, you know, when Mary Magdalene sees the risen Jesus for the first time, she mistakes him for the gardener and who is the master gardener, but the Lord who, who can, who can heal our damaged and, and help us grow to things we never were before. Um, and we'll bear great fruit, you know? Yeah. And, and in line with that, like we have an open invitation to that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is like, uh, at any time. Yeah. And that line in the song about like, she'll let you in her mouth. You know, if you have the right words to say, whatever that f- the first line was, mm-hmm. um, that's speaking to like, she'll be physically mm-hmm. intimate with you. Like, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot more yeah. that you, you like, you have to, you have to earn it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good. Um, again, an, another song that, um, I know being not a super big Bruce Springsteen fan, but was on the radio when I was growing up was yeah. the streets of Philadelphia. Also from a, a film, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, a powerful film um, about a, a man who has AIDS and uh, faces a discrimination suit for, for uh, I think he got fired because he was gay. Mm-hmm. And, and um, anyway, really powerful film. Uh, but this reading through the lyrics of this, I had never really thought about it before. I'll read through some of them. I was bruised and battered. I couldn't tell what I felt. I was unrecognizable to myself. I saw my reflection in a window. I didn't know my own face. Oh brother, are you going to leave me here wasting away on the streets of Philadelphia? I walked the Avenue till my legs felt like stone. I heard the voices of friends vanished and gone at night, I could hear the blood in my veins just as black and whispering as the rain on the streets of Philadelphia. Again, a one, one line chorus. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if he's talking about a homeless person or, but it's somebody who's been abandoned. Mm-hmm. It's so, you get the sense that this is somebody who has been through a lot and they need help. They don't, they are, they are the least of the least, the poorest of the poor. They are miserable. Like, you know, the Victor Hugo um, book in the, the, the play, Les Miserables, the miserable mm-hmm. ones who are just going through the awfulness of life and oh brother are you going to leave me here like this what are what are we going to do and it just um no it makes makes me think of uh matthew 25 like when you see me hungry did you care for me when you saw me without clothes what did you do for me when you saw me naked um and and abandoned did you welcome me when i was in prison did you visit me and um that bible passage haunts me (laughs) i think it should it's a scary bible passage is like have i have I done that or do yeah. I look the other way? You know, when I see someone quote on the streets of Philadelphia, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have thoughts on this one? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's another one where I would definitely be interested in, in knowing how much of the song existed before the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it was like, if he already had a lot of it written and was able to kind of make it be about Philadelphia, but like, I mean, it, 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 looking at the words as, how you just kind of read them totally seems like it could be about a homeless person living mm-hmm. on the streets, but the character in the film is not that at all. Like yeah. when the movie starts, yeah. he's a lawyer mm-hmm. working at a law firm. Like he's got a good life. He's, it's not a physical poverty. It's not a physical poverty at all. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, thinking about that, it's like, this could be anybody rich, poor, whatever, um, walking around the streets of Philadelphia and kind of feeling, having that existential moment where like, I'm just a tramp, like back to that other line, like what, where do I belong? Mm -hmm. Like, where's my home? You know, it could be thinking that like, as they're walking from the office Mm -hmm. back home to spend the rest of the night with their wife and kids, like Mm -hmm. just this sense of, um, 
longing. And, and I think Bruce is really good at, at doing that, at, at taking these uh, very personal and specific details and, and metaphors often about people who are in states, various states of impoverishment and, and reminding you that like, this could be you, like it might be you right now mm-hmm. in some sense. Wow. <laughs> so we, we keep coming across this idea of longing mm-hmm. and desire born to run, go to go somewhere to get out of this town. There's a, um, they got a hungry heart. Um, I'm on fire. He says, um, which, the lyrics of that song, I was like, Ooh, it's a little creepy. I don't know if I want my daughter <laughs> hanging out with this guy. I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, yeah. 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 But, um, which I'd never realized before listening to the cassette tape in the back of the minivan when I was eight, you know, <laughs> you, can look, you can look at it as creepy or you can look at it as kind of like song of songs, song of songs. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll take the, I'll take the latter. <laughs> so I want to talk about a song off his new album, mm. uh, the power of prayer. Um, Meet me afternoon neath the summer sun right by the lake till the evening comes. I run my fingers through your sun streaked hair. Baby, that's the power of prayer. Summer nights, summer's in the air. I stack the tables with the chairs. It's closing time. Then you're standing there. Baby, that's the power of prayer. It's a fixed game without any rules. An empty table on a ship of fools. I'm holding hearts. I'll play the pair, darling. It's just the power of prayer. It's a... Go ahead. How often do you do this when, when you're talking about artists on here? Cause I've listened to a few episodes, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like it's not normal that when you pull up a song, you just kind of read most of it and then start talking about it. Um, I don't know. I'm not this good at that good at this yet. I've just started this podcast. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an expert like you, Kevin. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I'm only saying that because it feels unique to this episode. Like for each one, you've pulled it up and then read a significant portion that's of the true. song. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just because that's how well his music flows it's how it's kind of how cohesive cohesive they are even if the verses are different they all will come back to not necessarily a chorus but a theme Mm -hmm. that kind of interesting yeah i I wasn't doing that on purpose so that's no i know i know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh um so this uh, it's so it talks about it's interesting because it uh, again it's that blues in the verse Mm -hmm. one line chorus with uh that's that's gospel in the chorus that everybody could say so it's specific thing specific thing specific thing general thing that everybody can sing that's the power of prayer yeah and it's kind of it doesn't connect the dots between you like why is that the power of prayer why is her standing there why is him stacking the table in the chairs standing there yeah why is that the power of can prayer? you go back to the first verse? yeah mm-hmm. uh maybe somewhere in the afternoon right by the lake to lake. yeah man uh so i actually thought thought a lot about this one yeah uh-huh. and i don't quite know well, in, so here's, here's my thought. What to, yeah. Yeah. Is that it's, that's kind of like how prayer is, is mm-hmm. we don't get to know the specific mechanics of it. It is right. kind of mysterious. And part of prayer is that you're trusting. Like when I go to God and say, please, God help me with it. Like Jesus said, you know, you know, asking you shall receive, um, and you know, it, knock and the door will be open. Like he wants us to come before him with our prayers, but yet we're supposed to trust. And so, yeah there's this mysteriousness of like, no, you don't just pray for it and get it except when you do. And like, that's the, like, it's this loving father and he's not going to give you a snake. If you ask for fish, like he's going to give you what's good for you. So with this prayer, this very specific request, like there's also just kind of this mystery of the power of God that you're entrusting yourself to his power. And 
he's, he's going to give you what you need. And that's the power of, of prayer. And it's not that mechanistic. Um, I don't know if you ever, there was a, a very, when I was in, in college at Catholic U, it was popular amongst our friends to read this, this, um, series of books called pierced by a sword. I don't know if you ever read those, but I read one of them. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it, and it shows you like this person prayed for this. And then like in California, this person got a miracle because that person prayed for that. And it yeah. was, it connected the dots and that was kind of cool, but it almost took away some of the mystery of it, of, you know, God, God isn't physics. He doesn't obey the laws of this world. Yeah. I, and I think, uh, oh, Paul, can you put him back up? Yeah. Um, it's like this first verse is totally different than the third verse. Like the first one is, is, oh, no, go back. Meet me in the summer. No, go back to the first one. Yeah, there you go. He's just describing a thing like, like, uh, this is the scene. Uh, it's in the summer sun in the afternoon, right by a lake evenings on its way. I'm running my fingers through your sun streaked hair. Like it's almost like the, the, the joy and the mystery of that experience mm -hmm. is like, this to me seems like this must be what happens when a prayer is answered, mm. you know, like this, this feeling, this yeah. type of experience, like that mm. could be what it's like. But then you skip to verse three and it's like, Oh uh, no, go back. Sorry. Yeah. A fixed game without any rules, an empty table on a ship of fools. Things aren't looking good so far. Mm -mm. Right. Uh, but I'm holding these two hearts and I'll play the pair. I'll, I'll play the pair. It's like, that seems very different than the first verse. This, yeah. this is so like this juxtaposition where one is a beautiful moment that makes me feel full. And the next game is the odds are completely stacked against me. This is all I've got and I'm going to play it mm -hmm. like that is it's the same mystery that you're describing. And it's a pair of hearts. That's a great image. Feel, yeah. Yeah. But it feels completely feels very different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's also worth mentioning that prayer isn't just asking God for stuff, yeah. you know, like the power of prayer is in Thanksgiving. The power of prayer is in adoring the Lord in, 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 um, something I, I always say when I'm leading worship is that we don't worship God because he needs it. We don't worship God because it's good for him. We worship God because it's, it's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me because God knows it's good for us. When we right. make other things, our God, we become slaves to it. We become enslaved and we become less human by serving the God of money or affection or power, whatever it is. And what worship does and what praising God and thanking God does is it puts God back on top and it knocks down those idols. And when we worship well, it's not us reminding God how great he is. It's us reminding ourselves and him reminding ourselves like, I am what satisfies. None of these other things are going to satisfy you. And worship helps reorient us. And that's why worship is necessary. And the first thing Jesus says to do when we pray, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Like we praise God and we ask for his will to be done on uh, in our hearts on earth as it is in heaven. Before we ask for our daily bread and forgiveness of our trespasses, we have to knock down our idols and put God back on top. And like that is fundamental to prayer more than asking for stuff. So I think that's worth saying that that's, that, that's, that's fun, more fundamental to prayer than us, like bringing our needs before God. Right. So anyway, yeah, it's the power of prayer, darling. Yeah. There's a, uh, all right. Last call bouncer shuts the door. This magic moment drifts across the floor. Uh, BB King reference. Benny King's voice fills. Oh, the is air. that what it is? Yeah. Oh, Benny King is BB King, right? I don't know. I think that's BB King. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've wondered about it, but I haven't actually 
looked up the lyrics to this one yet. Um, so that's really funny because I'm thinking of a different Bruce song as we're talking about this uh -huh. one. And this line ties it all together because okay. last call bouncer shuts the door, this magic moment. It's actually a song off of his album magic. The whole song takes place in a bar. Oh, all right. and I've always pictured it. It's like being sung from the perspective of this uh, character who is an older guy, as I imagine it singing to the, the bartender, um, who's a girl that like he kind of goes there and it's almost like she's beautiful mm -hmm. and he thinks she's beautiful. He knows he's way too old, but he just goes and it's like, he looks out for her and the song is called I'll work for your love. And man, the lyrics to this song are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I think the first line is pour me a drink, Teresa, from one of those glasses you dust off and I'll watch the bones in your back. Like the stations of the cross, <laughs> like it's lines like this. That are just like, I don't know what they mean, uh -huh. but it's like, it's almost like, like the, the level of devotion that, uh, and reverence that one, um, gives to, to something like praying or meditating mm -hmm. on the stations of the cross. Like he's applying that same level to, um, just like protecting this mm. girl and like he's applying the same level of beauty to her. And there's a line later in the song that's uh, in late after it's late afternoon. The sun fills the room with the mist of the garden before the fall. Like wow. what a way to describe <laughs> sitting in a bar that's probably mostly empty <laughs> yeah. late in the afternoon. Wow. Like it's late afternoon. The sun fills the room with the mist of the garden before the fall. That's beautiful. I watch your hand slip the front of your blouse and seven drops of blood fall. Like what is going on in these words? Like I, yeah. this, this song reminds me of that one in so many ways because it's, it's mixing in, um, you know, like, uh, uh, so many different images from everyday mm -hmm. life with this like mystical. Yeah. So, mystical so what that reminds me of, I took a creative writing class in college. My, my professor, John, it, he would, he was ruthless with this. He was like, don't go abstract go concrete. Don't go abstract mm -hmm. go with concrete. And what he means by that is don't just tell people the idea, tell people like what they can see, what they can taste, what they can touch. Yeah. And that's what he's doing there. Like you, you can see the bones of her back. You can, you can, the seven drops of blood that's so specific. Right. And not only does that hit people harder, it makes people think more and it, it kind of, it opens it up to more than one meeting. It's almost right. generous to your listener to mm -hmm. say, I'm, I'm not forcing my idea on you with this. I'm, op I'm opening your mind up. And if you think that's the way Jesus taught, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of times he talked to his disciples and said, this is what I mean. He talked to the apostles in private, but to the public, he spoke in parables because he wanted to break down their preconceived notions. Right. And uh, so that, that we see that in Jesus, we see that in, in, in Springsteen. Um, and we see that here, like it's not very clear cut exactly what it always means. Right. Um, but you know, then we, as the, we can sit and have a conversation about what it means and it, it and it means all of those things and none of those things. Yeah. Um, but it, it's almost like him handing the songwriting over to the listener in a way and saying, here, you can, you can help me write this yeah. in your mind, you know? Yeah. And that brings up so many ideas, like the concept of preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's like, there, there's only one instance, uh, in, scripture where Christ like literally flipped the tables, but that's essentially what every parable was, Yeah, was like a, a metaphorical way of flipping the tables. Like this is, this is how you think things are. Mm -hmm. This is how they are, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in conjunction with that, um, 
that it kind of reminds me of the uh, a, Flan- a good Flannery O'Connor quote, which won't be verbatim, but mm-hmm. um, it's something like, "Art is not democratic; it never it never responds." to i can't remember so forget i said it but that's the whole point is that art is not democratic never responds to your wish to make it what it wants to be i totally butchered the quote (laughs) you can cut this out if you want Uh, but it's oh oh uh, where i was going to tie this back was that um you know after so many of the parables it's like people don't understand them and at a certain point they don't want to think about it anymore yeah because it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense so they leave yeah. And then he's like, are you going to leave too? And they're like, well, where else can we go? Else we go? You know? So, yeah. So I feel like there's, there's an element of that in Springsteen's music. Like you can look at it and you can say like, man, I, what does he mean? I have no idea. I have but the, at the I, same time, it's beautiful. It so I want to stay and hear more. You know? I have the O'Connor quote if you want it. Oh yeah. So, Read it to me. Art never responds to the wish to make it democratic. It is not for everybody. It is only for those who are willing to undergo the effort needed to understand. Yeah. It. Do you see how that uh-huh. makes more sense than yeah. what I tried to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, like art, like some, sometimes uh, uh, there's a great book um, by my friend, John Mark Miravalli, who's a, who's a seminary professor at Mount St. Mary's in Maryland. Um, but he wrote a book called Beauty, What It Is and Why It Matters. And I recommend it to every artist. It's like, it's short, it's great theology. It'll blow your mind. And he talks about like cre- creativity and cooking and humor. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. But one of the things that he says in that is like, sometimes when you see a piece of art and you don't like it, it's your fault. Because yeah. it's like, you are not like smart enough or appreciative enough. It's, it's like, if I, if I taste this meal and it's made by a master chef and I don't like it, like sometimes I'm the problem. (laughs) Like I need to learn to appreciate the beauty in this thing. And, um, and that's kind of the approach I took to Bruce is like, Bruce has never really grabbed me. Um, but I know he's a great songwriter. And so when I go to him, it's like, all right, I, I know, like I have to learn to appreciate this cause I know, I know that it's good. And I think that's very different than how our, our culture sees a beauty. Cause it's kind of like, well, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Christianity, there is a certain sense of like, we have to learn to see the world with the mind of Christ and see. And if, you know, maybe we don't find, the, the Bible inspiring. Maybe we don't find the life of Christ inspiring. Maybe we don't find the liturgy inspiring, but like, that's on me to recognize the goodness. That's my brokenness. That's mm-hmm. not the fault of, you know, if the music at church doesn't match my preference, preference, yeah, right. like that, yeah. that's my fault. <laughs> I need to find the beauty in it. So, yeah. um, also Benny King is not BB King. Benny King <laughs> is uh, a singer. Soul uh, is a, uh, American R and B singer. Um, so from what, when, Co-composer of Stand By Me. Oh, interesting. Oh, I knew that actually. Okay. Okay. Benjamin Earl King. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So we don't have a whole lot of time left. Are, are there other songs you think we just have to talk well, about? What else do you have in there? Um, I think those are the only ones I had lyrics okay. of. Um, uh, no, Nebraska. Oh, man. Yeah. So this song, I listened to it because I heard you talk about the album Nebraska in, in your podcast. And I was like, all right, I got to listen to something off Nebraska. Why not the title track? And I was blown away by this song. It's the story of this guy who's who's a murderer. True, true story. Yeah. True story. And he did research for it. like he called up uh, journalists that wrote about it. Wow. And, like interviewed. And then this guy uh, got the electric chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like powerful, powerful. It remind me of um, a Long Black Veil. Do you know that song? Um, walks these hills in a long black veil. I forget who originally did it, but it's, it's an old song. Okay. Um, 
I know it because Dave Matthews covered it. <laughs> I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nineties kid. I always will be, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it's an old folk song. Um, and, but you, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just going to read some of the lyrics. Um, I can't say that I'm sorry for the things that we done. At least for a little while, sir, me and her, we had us some fun. Now the jury brought in a guilty verdict and the judge, he sentenced me to death midnight in a prison storeroom with leather straps across my chest. Yeah. See, this is, this song is very Flannery O'Connor. Mm -hmm. And he talked about that in the, in the broken record interview, yeah, which did. I've, I, I knew, um, mm -hmm. I've heard him talk about Flannery before, but, um, this song, uh, perhaps much more than a lot of his other ones mm -hmm. feels very Flannery like, especially mm -hmm. the way he ended up producing it, which yeah. was not at all. Yeah. Just sings mm -hmm. it kind of whispered almost. Yeah. Like it's very low key the way it's sung. Um, but he's even talking like me and her, we had some fun. Like if you don't get it from the context, they went on a killing spree yeah. like across the country. So that's what the guy is. That's what he means when he says me and her, we had some fun. Um, and I can't say I'm sorry for the things I've done, but like, that's very Flannery O'Connor Yeah, to, to have a character who is unrepentant to the end, never he, realizes their tragic flaw. <laughs> yeah. And then asked, why did you do it? You know, it might just be something like, I guess there's, there's a meanness in, just the a meanness in this yeah. world, you know? Oh man. My, my friend John runs a podcast about the short stories of Flannery O'Connor. It's called, uh, oh, really? um, yeah, you, you would love it. It's, um, I, I was a guest on a couple of episodes. Um, what's it called? It's called everything that rises, everything that rises. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, you, you, you would like it. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, a lot, almost every character in a Flannery O'Connor, well, there's always at least one character in a Flannery O'Connor story where they're like, there's this moment of redemption. There's this moment where they have, they have the opportunity for redemption. Sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times they don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, uh, it's, it's a good mirror for us looking back at ourselves because mm -hmm. the characters are so, it's very much like Bruce. The characters are so real. You feel like when you're reading is like, I know people like this. And when you're listening to Bruce is like, I know people like this. I'm like this in some ways. Um, and I think that's why it's so powerful when it speaks to people across generations is because there, there's that reality. Like you said, there's the characters, there's the story, there's the longing yeah. that we can all relate to. Yeah. So. Which definitely like ties into what they were saying in the broken record interview about that whole album, Nebraska is very much about how this is a, a fallen world. Yeah. And like, it's interesting to hear him say that mm. because that's like, in one sense, like that's very Catholic language, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, to, to use that. But, um, you know, it's almost like whether you adopt, whether he adopts, you know, the precise language of the Catholic doctrine around that, like he recognizes the truth, that mm -hmm. truth within it. Like, yeah, there is a meanness in this world mm -hmm. and I don't understand it. And it seems like some people are not sorry for doing horrible things what do I make of that? Yeah. And that ties back around to kind of how you opened it with like, you're torn between that spiritual darkness and this spiritual light mm -hmm. and how like, you know, what do you, yeah. What are you going to do with that? It reminds me of John three sixteen, which you may have seen at football games. But what John three sixteen says <laughs> is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him might not die, but have eternal life. And if you go on to read 17 and 18, it says for, uh, for uh, he came into the, I came into the world as light so that the world may not be in darkness, but some people preferred the darkness. Mm -hmm. Some people preferred to stay in the dark. And I think, I think sometimes we, we think of salvation and, um, 
and, and hell and damnation as like you were bad, God's sending you to hell. But that that's it. it if you read the gospel of John, at least a lot of times the way Jesus portrays it in the gospel of John is I came into the world as light and you would rather be in the darkness. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world and I don't condemn you. It's your deeds that have condemned you Yeah. because you chose, you, you didn't choose the narrow path that led to life. You chose the wide path that led to destruction. Like, um, and, and that is in some ways less scary. In some ways it's more scary, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, that idea that people, some people really do choose the dark. Sometimes I really do choose the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worth considering those stories of people who choose the extreme dark and asking how'd they get there? How might I have gotten there? You know, if I, it, but for the grace of God, go, I, I could, I could be there if I was born in different circumstances, if I was raised, if I, if I chose just a little bit differently, um, and how to avoid that by the grace. It's the grace of God, the grace of God. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, last call for a song. If there's, there's something I've missed, oh, you're, you're the Bruce fan. Okay. Well, since you've met, you've mentioned, uh, born in the USA uh-huh. and that song I think has been, I, I presume you've listened to that like closely recently yeah. older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, um, that song has totally been, <laughs> over the years continues to be misunderstood. misunderstood yeah. And, um, I just remember when I, back when I was living in DC, there was a period where we would get together every week with friends and usually there'd be a bonfire or at least a fire pit. And I'd have mm-hmm. my guitar and play some songs. I started playing that one, uh, one day and immediately like one of the guys there who I didn't know super well said, he just said, Oh, this song's anti-American. And I just said, no, it's not. And then kept, kept playing. <laughs> and like, that was it. And it was almost like mm-hmm. the, the, uh, confidence with which I just contradicted what he just <laughs> said was like so shocking to him. He didn't raise any objections uh-huh. and I didn't feel the need to like mm-hmm. justify my contradiction. And mm-hmm. we kept talking about it, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's definitely critical of America, critical of America, but yeah. in an, a necessary way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I consider that song to be on the level of like what Chester GK Chesterton would describe as like the cosmic Patriot. Mm. Like you're gonna, um, which, which is in my own words, um, how I would articulate a cosmic Patriot is not somebody who says my country right or wrong, mm-hmm. but someone who says my country, let's make sure that we're right. Yes. You know, and so God bless America. God, that's what the God song, mend thy every flaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and that is what's happening in the song is it's saying like, uh, we have this ideal, we send people off to other countries to fight supposedly so that mm-hmm. those people can have, uh, freedom mm-hmm. and democracy and equality and opportunity. And then these men that we send to fight come back and they don't have it here. Yeah. They can't find jobs. And we, like what we send them over to fight for, mm-hmm. it seems like we've abandoned, we can't even give to them yeah. at home. And then like, they come back with this trauma and what do they do with it? Correct. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, uh, um, yeah. Even saying that it's critical of America is like, it feels like a weird way to put well, it. It's holding you know up a mirror. It's, it's holding up a mirror. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my, my dad fought in Vietnam. He was, he flew mm-hmm. helicopters. So, and I, and I think about now as an adult, like my dad loved this album and we listen to it all the time. I wonder what he thinks. Maybe I need to have a conversation. That would be super yeah. interesting. Dad, maybe we need to talk about this song. So. <laughs> Could you do that and record it? Well, maybe well, oh, let's talk about mind. it first. We'll talk about it yeah, first and then mind. we'll decide if we're going to okay. record it. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Never mind. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, 
Kevin, thank you so much. Yeah, man. This has been a great conversation. Um, and you have a depth of knowledge about Bruce and just a depth of knowledge <laughs> about songwriting that I knew would be valuable for this episode. So, wow. so uh, thank you for the art you create. Thank you for, for your heart, for the church and for people and for just making beautiful art, whether it's your, your podcast or your, your music that you do, or even we were, we did an online conference earlier this year. We were both on that conference yeah, yeah. and uh, even the little, I don't even know what to call it, but the thing you, the video you made where mm -hmm. there was like music and message and all of it together, it was just so well crafted and curated. You're just such an, an intentional artist. I really just ap appreciate what you do. Cool. So thank I, you. I appreciate that, man. Awesome. Thank you. Very cool. Um, Kevin, if people want to, uh, find you, they want to listen to your new, your new EP. They want to listen to the Bruce covers EP Ohio. Where do they, where do they find that? It's all wherever you get music. It's all on there. Awesome. iTunes. I don't know if iTunes is actually dead or not. Yeah, yeah. I can't decide, mm -hmm. but it's there. <laughs> Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Bandcamp, um, where whatever your go-to music platform is, you you can find it all. And your podcast is called Song and Story. Song and, Story. and same thing, it should be wherever you get podcasts, mm -hmm. you should be able to find it. You can find all that at kevinheider.com? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. So thank you, Kevin, for being here. Yeah. I'm Mike Tenney. You can find everything about me at MikeTenneyMusic.com. You can, and on uh, social media at PK Mikey T. You can find out more about Awaken Catholic by going to AwakenCatholic.org. You can support us in the shows that we make here, just like this, by going to AwakenCatholic.org slash donate, making a one-time donation, or even better, join the Awaken Nation. And on a monthly basis, you can be a patron and support the, the, the work that we're doing here and help it to be possible. So please, if you, if you have the means, Please, uh, please help us out in that way. You can also download our new app, which is not on the app store, but you can go to theawakenapp.io and download the Awaken app and you have easy access to all the content on Awaken Catholic. And um, you can also talk with the show hosts and other people who are part of the, the Catholic community there. It's, it's growing bit by bit every day. We have, uh, you know, over our, over a hundred people in the community now. It's, I think, closer to like 150, which is pretty cool. And if you are part of the Awakened Nation, you also get premium content through the app on top of uh, what, the, what you would normally get. Uh, you can also download the Hallow app through our site, hallow.app slash awaken. And if you sign up for the free month of premium, uh, that helps us out as well. And even more importantly, it helps out your prayer life and is it's, it's awesome. Just if, if you want to go deeper in your prayer life, Hallow is a great way to do that. And if you liked this episode, please like subscribe, hit that bell on YouTube, share it, give us a rating, uh, give us a review. Let us know what you think in the comments. We, we'd love to interact with you. If you have a suggestion for a show topic, please let us know that as well. If you know someone who loves Bruce Springsteen, please send them a text and say, Hey, I'd love it. If you, uh, I think you'll like this episode, we would appreciate it. Kevin, thank you. Viewers. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.